This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're focused on Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts 2021 Shakespeare in the Park. In the studio, we've got Holly Winger, Wolfgar Parmenter, Elliot Jackson, and Dan Lindvig. Folks, welcome to the program. Thanks. <laughs> Elliot, the theater is just off of a successful live performance at the Jones, The Shadow of the Hummingbird. It's a two-person play, partly a nod to being conservative during COVID, I suspect. We enjoyed the performance that we attended. How did that turn out for the theater? It turned out very well, actually. I think people were just so happy to see live theater come back. We had a lot of interest. We had very good houses. People seemed very happy just to be there. Frosty Frostman, who is on our board and was the principal actor, he's always a draw. And I, I just, it worked out even better than I was hoping, frankly. Now, this year, Shakespeare in the Park's production is Much Ado About Nothing. What makes this one a classic? Well, I always like to talk about Benedict and Beatrice as as the model of what came to be known in theater history as the witty lovers. They're sort of the original, uh, the, the, the model for kind of sparring partners, whether it's uh, Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice or Mirabelle and Milliment in uh, William Congreve's Way of the World. It, it, it's a trope that has come down to us through the years. And Shakespeare, I don't know that he actually originated it, but Benedict and Beatrice are certainly iconic characters and people love this show. They're funny and engaging and they seem very modern in a way that the the other young lovers uh, don't. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So all four of you are acting in the play. Dan, what is your role in Much Ado? I play Virgis, who is uh, the assistant to Dogberry. And Dan Heaster is Dogberry, as I understand. Yes, yes, he is. How did you get into acting? Well, it was uh, kind of an unusual story. I, the first year we moved here to Westcliff, my wife came to me one day and she said, I have half-price tickets to Romeo and Juliet. And I said, well, who are you going to take? <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I ended up going reluctantly, but I had a blast. I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed it. I was surprised that I actually understood what was going on, and uh, that was a plus for me. I had never really thought much about Shakespeare before that. It was very uh, exciting. Uh, Alan Brunke, who is a, a veteran actor with the, the, the Shakespeare, he actually uh, later recruited me to go into the acting part of it, and uh, I played uh, in The Tempest and and a couple of other plays, uh, Moliere's uh, Miser and uh, Odd Couple and some other things. I remember The Tempest, uh, a great play to hold outside, and as I, as I recall, it stormed just like it should in The Tempest. Holly, you've been in a number of plays. I'm always impressed that it seems like Shakespeare is an entree to new actors. It's a way for them to get in, be a spear carrier, and learn about blocking and how the whole thing happens. How did you get started? I guess my story is kind of unique as well. My stepdad is Chris Tab, one of the founders of the festival. 
Um, and he wasn't my stepdad at that time, but he and my mom started dating around the first season. My sister was in it. And then they got married and I got roped into playing a nameless fairy sprite the first time we did Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been involved ever since. I later went on and did Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream with Mackenzie Huffman. I was Juliet. I was Ariel in Tempest. And so I think once you're in it, you're kind of stuck. <laughs> but I think we're all pretty glad to be here. What is your favorite part that you've played so far? Oh, that's not a fair question. <laughs> oh, gosh. Honestly, I think I would say playing Ariel with Mackenzie again in The Tempest has probably been my favorite because it's a really unusual role. It's kind of androgynous and it's moody but playful. And Mackenzie is a phenomenal actress. She's in, in this season as well. She's playing Baraccio this year. Um, and I learned so much from her and it was just such a fun season and really challenging for me to to play that type of unique role. So that's been my favorite. What's your, what's your part this year? This year I am playing Hero. And tell me about that character. Hero is the daughter of Leonardo, the kind of head of household who kind of runs the town. Um, and she's sort of the ingenue character. Most of the action revolves around her and her relationship with Claudio, who is Wolfgar, and their kind of tumultuous relationship. <laughs> Wolfgar, how about your acting career here in town? You've been in a number of plays, as I recall. Yeah, I started back in eighth grade in middle school. I did a musical of Cinderella, and I was actually fortunate enough to be like the main villain. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm going to keep doing that. And then I kind of went back and forth between school play or school musicals and Shakespeare in the Park. And... It's been super enjoyable. And, and your character is Claudio? Uh, yes. Uh, tell me about how Claudio enters into the, the plot. He is this immature count. He befriends Benedict and Don Pedro in a war that happens before the play starts. And the whole play is kind of this kind of little joke about royalty and who they and how uh, royalty is portrayed. And Claudio is this very young, naive character who is very immature and extremely gullible. Everyone just tosses him around. And, uh, and the way he plays into the plot is he's this very reactionary character that basically is if the wind is blowing east and someone tells him it's blowing west, he'll believe it. <laughs> Elliot, oftentimes there's two plays in the Shakespeare. This year, one. What went into that decision? Well, uh, COVID obviously played a large role in that. Uh, Much Ado About Nothing was actually going to be one of the productions that we did last year. We uh, the, the season for last year for Shakespeare was going to be Much Ado About Nothing and Jean Ennui's Antigone, or Antigone. And it was one of those things where we cast the entire season in January and then by March, March 16th, when we shut down, and we, we, we kept waiting. We kept thinking, oh, you know, this is all, all going to be over in days, weeks, months, and hopefully not years. And so we, we were shut down for, you know, pretty much all of last year. And so when we were talking about reemerging and we were looking at kind of how course of the pandemic was going... It never really entered my mind that we weren't going to do something 
but we were a little hesitant about committing to it until actually until Frosty came forward with Shadow of the Hummingbird. And once he did that and that kind of got rolling, it was sort of like, well, we have to do Shakespeare now. <laughs> and it seemed kind of a no brainer to go back to Much Ado because we had, I mean, we've actually been very fortunate. We've had probably about three quarters of the original cast come in, although at, almost nobody except for the two leads and and Dan are playing the parts that they were originally going to play. Now, as one learns lines, uh, I could only imagine Steve Miller and Lissa Miller when they were Macbeth and Lady Macbeth for the two months ahead of that, what it was like in their household. I, I just imagine them going over lines. Uh, Holly, you're, you're in the acting family. Does that happen at your house? Um, we try to avoid it as much as possible. <laughs> but yeah, it does happen every once in a while. Chris will turn to me very suddenly and yell something crazy at me. And I, I have to take a minute and be like, oh, wait, wait. That, that was just a line from the show. He doesn't actually, you know. Um, but it, it is super helpful to live with someone you're acting with because we get to run lines together. And it's not like you're bothering the other person because it's their job to learn their lines too. So you don't feel like it's a, it's a burden. <laughs> Let me ask a question that I'm always curious about. Wolfgar, how do you go about memorizing that many lines? What, what's the process? Everyone has a very personal process, but mine in particular is I just say the lines in order over and over and over again until I go mad. And then I start saying them without looking at the script, and I just keep going and going, and then eventually I'm like, oh, I just know this off the top of my head. Once I to get to my cue lines, I usually wait until rehearsal to get like, which allows me to listen and watch the other actors when I'm speaking my lines. That way it's more natural and I can use my instinct and react in a better, more realistic way. So get prompted by that. Holly, how about you in terms of uh, memorizing lines? You were Juliet in uh, Romeo and Juliet? Yes. There were a lot of lines there. Yeah, there certainly were. I generally use a really similar way as Wolfgar does, but I also utilize technology. <laughs> and I often record myself saying, especially big speeches, I'll record them with me saying them really slowly. And then I'll record with big gaps in between each of the lines. And then I'll record it at speed with emotion. And I just listen to those over and over again and gradually get myself to the point where I can start saying it with it or at least stumble my way through with the recording. And how long might you have spent on Juliet to learn those lines? Oh, man. <laughs> I definitely started before rehearsal started. I started learning them before rehearsal started. But I think a rule of thumb would be we, we probably spend close to an hour a day or more on our lines. And probably several months out or um, longer? I don't know. Two-ish, maybe. Okay. And Dan, how about you? You were, uh, you entered acting at a later stage in your life than, say, Holly and Wolfgar. Right. What's your technique? Repetition. I say the lines over and over, and uh, it's kind of like, you, you know, you listen to a song, and you don't mean to memorize it, but you do. It's kind of the way I found when I say the lines and repeat the lines over and over and over uh, as I go through the day, I retain them. And um, that's worked for me. As someone who memorizes songs, the, the advantage to a song is there's a melody that you can attach the lyrics to. It makes it easier. Uh, plus, there's a rhyme scheme that's obvious. Uh, Shakespeare has, 
has that to some to some extent, but the uh, the language is fairly cryptic. Uh, I I just can imagine that memorizing Shakespeare is a, is quite the challenge. So I'm always impressed. Elliot, give us the nuts and bolts. When is the production uh, dates and times? Well, it's a little later this year, obviously, than we usually do it. Um, in a normal year, we'd, we'd be done by now because it would be, you know, would have started, you know, about the middle of June and end around 4th of, you know, the weekend close to 4th of July. This year, um, we are opening on July 29th, which is a Thursday, and we're running Thursday, Friday, Saturday, July 29th through August 14th. Curtain time is also a little earlier this year. It's going to be at 6 p.m. as opposed to 6.30 because uh, sunset is going to be a little bit earlier, and it will be in the Silver West Feed Store Amphitheater behind the feed store and as as usual with Shakespeare in the Songrays. And they are planning to have this nice little thing where they're going to make like picnic basket uh, dinners so people can grab a basket and come down and eat in the park. And they will also have the cabana open. So they'll be serving drinks down there as well. Might you move into the Jones in case of inclement weather. Yeah, that has been a little bit of a heart burning for us because we, you know, my original thought was, you know, to try to be as COVID safe as possible that we shouldn't try to bring people into the theater if it was going to be a large crowd because um, we're trying to limit the seats to about, you know, 50, 60 max, you know, while the while the pandemic is kind of winding down. But um, we weren't able to do a rain date for various reasons. So we're just going to have to risk it. It's like if, if the rain gets going hard enough that we're going to have to bring it into the theater, we'll do that. Or if people prefer, and it, it is a large crowd and we can't fit everybody in, you know, I am planning on making actual rain check tickets for people so that they can have those and then they can come back to any other production that they want. Okay. We've run well short of time. We will look forward to Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts 2021 Shakespeare in the Park. This year, much ado about nothing. We've been visiting with Holly Winger, Wolfgar Parmenter, Elliot Jackson, and Dan Linvig. Folks, thanks for stopping by. Uh, are you heading right to rehearsal? Not right to rehearsal. Actually, Dan Heaster is uh, doing a, one of the unique features about this year's rehearsal process is Dan is doing workshops on Friday evenings, which are optional, but very useful, um, kind of on lots of things like, you know, everything from memorization to learning new pieces to techniques for rehearsals and things like that. So that's what we're going to be heading, well, some of us will be heading to anyway. Um, oh, I did have one last thing, uh, which is if anybody out there wants to buy tickets or just wants more information about the show, you can always call WCPA at 783-3004. Thanks for uh, visiting today. We'll look forward to the play. Thank you. My name's Gary, and this is Valley Views. We've been visiting with members of the Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts on Shakespeare in the Park. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM.
walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid.